Excuse me. Mr. Brown, you have a visitor. What? What? Who is it? Are you from the future? Hey, hey, Doc. It's it's me. You remember Martin? Marty! Marty! Uh, yeah, yeah, that's... Gallup and Galileo, it's good to see you. That's me. How are you doing in Hill Valley Rest Facility? It seems to be taking pretty good care of you, Doc. Marty, we've got to fix the time stream. Everyone's turned old. Yeah, Doc? I look around and I see... I, I see all these people and they've turned so old, I think there's something wrong with the time stream, Marty. Uh, yeah, well, uh... I'll try. To, I'll try to help however I can, Doc. Why don't I? I'll, I'll go fix the flux capacitor, and you just you just keep watching prices right, okay? And I'll I'll be back to see you real soon. No, Marty, Marty, you can't touch the flux capacitor. You don't know how to how it works. Uh, just just break me out of here, and I can start fixing it, and we can go back. Is there anything we, we can, can do go back to the year nineteen. I'm afraid not. Tickety twelve. It, it just it's best to humor him. He'll. He'll get... His meds will kick in in a minute. Uh, they'll never right. accept a car. We'll have to take the train. Or my new horse! Marty, I've he's invented been, a time travel horse. have been watching a lot of westerns lately. I've invented a time travel horse. You just brand the flux capacitor right into it. A time travel horse, you say, Doc? Wow, that's... That's really heavy. I... Yes, Marty, of course. Horses are very heavy. You're... You're the greatest, Doc. You're... You're a real genius. I am... We really showed that old Edison, didn't we? I don't know how to end this. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a little sad. And it, Mm. like, doesn't deal with what the show actually does. No! (laughs) Not even a little bit. (laughs) You know what? Just leave it there. Just leave that there with the editorializing. Yeah. And the commentary about how how we're not sure to end it because it's just too sad. It's too sad. It's too sad to know how to end it. Jumping gigawatts, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Who put these wrinkles here? You gotta like put a uh, You gotta put like a Oh my god Zane help me out here Don't make fun of me But what is a What's the name for one of those pulsometers (laughs) Like a heart monitor Thank you (laughs) It measures your pulse Pulse is connected to the Red thing Wristwatch Yeah To the Xbox Did you say to the Xbox (laughs) Connected right up to your Xbox If you, you see yourself see yourself die live. Remember, Doc, if you lose this level, you die in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we, Zane? <laughs>
<laughs> How old is Doc Brown by this point? Does it even matter? I don't know. Is Christopher uh, Lloyd still alive? I think he is. That's he went to a con- he went to a convention in 2015. Was was he just born 80 years old? This is like a uh, it's like a Benjamin Button disease, except it just keeps going. I I don't know, man. <laughs> He's 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 unstuck in time. He's an immortal. He'll become the face of Bo in another million years. Uh, jumping gigawatts. <laughs> okay, so that was a flat-out failure. <laughs> Audience, this is what happens on many of our first attempts. This is what happens when we've taken too long a break. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but we're back. We're back with a vengeance. Back with fever. <laughs> back with a vengeance. Yeah. Who are we revenging upon? Ourselves. <laughs> well, we did monsters. earn it. Zane, do you have your, your pop filter up? I do not. Okay. I can definitely hear the plosives. The the what? The plosives. The pulsives. The the the, the consonant sounds that are associated with pressure large pressure waves like so, K's and P's especially. So I was given a book uh, of like how to do mouth sounds. Um, yeah, and it's it's got a bunch of like images and like really specific directions. I look through it, but it's from like the 1960s. Before so they realized what vocal cords were. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um like it has a bunch of weird references. Like what? It's like soon you'll be popping and fizzing like Dean Martin or so, you know something <laughs> really weird. S- s- something something Grandpa Short Steely Phil esque. I was, 23 skidoo. I was really hoping that it would teach me how to beatbox better, but it's just like, this is how you can sound like a trumpet. This is how you can sound like a trombone. It's like a trumpet, but a little lower. Chapter 3, I believe. <laughs> Chapter 3. Singing. And really <laughs> Singing like the WB frog. <laughs> singing like the crash test dummies. Singing like the crash test dummies for dummies. Mm-hmm. Who, who are we, Ben? <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> my my hands are fading into the background, Zane. Marty, my name who is are we? Ben. And I'm Zane. My name is Ben. Yes, and we are the Carton Cast. Welcome back. We go back into the past to talk about shows in our future of our past. <laughs> Welcome back to the Carton Cast. That was pretty. Ten forty five at night it's totally my fault we're really low ball in this one i'm yeah this is a this is you know what the show should we should we have given it more credit (laughs) and attention when i first watched this show (laughs) i was a young man full of hopes and dreams alas they've desiccated away much like einstein poor einstein Einstein looks really fat in this show. I didn't even see him, and I'm so glad <laughs> he didn't age well. Into one of my favorite animation. things. One of my favorite things about uh, about Back to the Future is is its little continuity nods within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how his old dog was named Copernicus. Yeah, which was actually a uh, which was actually a uh, a trivia question at one point, and I'm the only one who got in the whole bar because, of course, I was. The, when I first saw the movie, I thought that he just like renamed had, the like, dog. <laughs> you, you thought you thought that he just has scientist Tourette's? No, I thought that he renamed the dog Mary after Curie. a while. Oh, oh sorry, 
for <laughs> some reason. And I didn't, didn't mean realize, to have like, such a sharp tongue in front of the kids. I didn't realize, like, dogs don't live 40 years. <laughs> I don't know, man. He could have made it happen. He could have made true. it work. Time traveling dog. Why not? Brain probably did that. So, the God. Carton cast, which is very loopy today, mm-hmm. is stable time loop. Talking about loopy nonetheless. Back to the Future, which is yep. named after the movie trilogy. MIB. Back to M- Men in Black. Yes. <laughs> they really <laughs> took some liberties with this one. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Weirdly enough, they changed the main characters, the setting. No aliens. You know, that's the thing, though. This show also <laughs> changes pretty much everything except for the main characters. It, it completely it completely abdicates its source material. In, in, in I think reasonably so. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, okay, I'm, I'm just going to break out my thesis on this right away yeah which is that it was aware that it had to adapt it to a like 30 minute show Mm -hmm. and that doesn't really suit the high drama and tension uh of the movies i think they could have made it work but instead they kind of threw a hail mary hail mary to make it like a comedy sitcom that happened to have the same characters i mean and it's it makes sense that they did that there's a lot of you know sort of high-minded ideas in the Back to the Future series. They go a lot into, like, paradox and stuff like that. But, you know, it doesn't really work. And so they've made this show that is, you know, it's the same sh- it's the same show as the movies, but it's it's really not. And I don't know a better way to describe it than that. Uh, I would describe it as um, a person with a lisp walking through the woods it's rather shticky <laughs> wow <laughs> no but see that's what this show does <laughs> it's just so makes stupid true. jokes the whole time it really does mine was way better than theirs though i disagree um <laughs> well it was of larger amplitude than theirs and it is fitting that we do Back to the Future because we are almost at the date when uh, when of the future Back to Back to the Future. <laughs> you know what I meant, right? I did. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> Everything about this show is making us super sad, guys. Um, yeah, Zane. Zane, why don't you why don't you tell us the basic plot structure of like. Or I guess just this, let's let's go over the setting of Back to the Future just so we are all starting on the same. Uh, right. The same so, so Back to the Future, year. the movie came out in 1985. They made a couple of sequels that were made, you know, at the same time and released, you know, one kind of right after the other. Like they knew two and three had to kind of go together. And mm-hmm. I love the original trilogy. Well, one of the few trilogies that just really like it. It, it seems whole. Across all three, as opposed to just the first one. Now, I've heard a lot of pushback against the third movie, and I Why? don't. Why people don't like it very much? Time uh, travel train. I I like think in the fourth dimension, Zane. Then I like it, but I also like other third installments of trilogies. They probably missed the scene where uh, Mad Dog Tannen collided with manure. <laughs> Classic joke. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you have loved it if Biff just if they made like a couch gag out of that? Oh yeah, that would. And he just got shit on every episode, like literally. (laughs) He does by Doc Brown. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's why With they, his old man diarrhea. He's like, that's why they call me Doc Brown. <laughs> sunglasses. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, he says sunglasses. No, he just says sunglasses. <laughs> um, Marty holds up applause. <laughs> um, but the animated series ran on CBS in 1991 and 92, and. Mm-hmm. Allegedly does not take place in the film's continuity. Um, uh, I don't really see yeah. why it matters, since they clearly it, take place after the third movie. I, I don't know. Everyone, Someone's going to be upset if you claim that it takes place in the same continuity. Just look at Star Trek. Yeah. And um, so, as we all know, the original trilogy is the wonderful romp and action sci-fi adventure of one Marty McFly and his adventures through time with... A wildly irresponsible mad scientist. I assume they like met on some Nambla website with or a something. possible death wish. Right. Yeah. This is Matt, the weirdest part. You know the weirdest part about Back to the Future for me. <laughs> and there's so many parts. No, there's there's one that makes absolutely no sense. What's that? Which is why Marty and Doc are like best friends. <laughs> What happened? I got to assume it was one of those like flyer situations uh, where you where you put it up and it's like young, uh, adventurous, body. ready for ready for a good time. Hair that can't be tamed. <laughs> Contact Doc Brown on the outskirts of town where no one can hear you. <laughs> Must love dogs. Yeah, and uh, Biff like saw it and he's like, "You won't." And Marty's like. <laughs> Ben, and Marty's oh, like, oh, no. Jennifer's watching. Ben, the reason they're friends is because Marty became friends with Doc Brown in the past. Huh? It's self-contained. It's self-contained if you're a jackass, but like... <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know precisely why. I, I've, I've got ideas on it, but let, let's right. let's go over, I guess... I don't know. Should we just jump right into the characters, I, or do you I, want to say other I things I think about if everyone... Everyone's familiar with Back to the Future, right? <laughs> like, right, they're familiar with Back to the Future, but like the plot structure of the show is like, okay. Well, let, a lot, a lot more whimsical and goofy. Well, let's give a sort of it overview on this show. Which um, this show, by the way, was produced by Bob Gale, who co-wrote the movies, and it was released by Universal and Amblin Entertainment. Fucking Amblin! What else do they do? I forget. They were Spielberg's unit. They did. Uh, American they, Tale and Five O. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Five O Goes West. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, did, who did you say worked on it? Bob Gale. Bob Gale. I don't know who that is. He co-wrote... I, I just said this. <laughs> no, but like other stuff, you know? Uh, I don't know. Eh. Whatever. But this show takes place in Hill Valley in 1991. So, you know, they're, they're keeping contemporary... Even though they don't use any that's, that's modern pop culture stuff, so I don't know why they bother. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it focuses on the time travel adventures of Doc Brown and his family, which he picked up in the third movie. Um, yeah. As well as Marty, who generally takes a back seat, or at least equal time to Doc Brown's sons, Jules and Vern. Yeah, was that a demographic thing, or what? I have to assume it, w- it was, because... Because when I think Back to the Future, I think the funniest part, like, the most impressive part is, like, the 
the conversations between the two of them. Like, oh, just shouting exposition. Sh- shouting exp like one person shouts why shit can't work, and the other one is the straight man giving him lines about wait, why won't why don't we try this? No, that won't work. It's no good. Doc, what? you gotta fix the time machine. So now it's Christopher Walken. I remember and Christopher seeing. Lloyd. I remember seeing an impression of somebody doing Christopher Walken doing Marty, and it worked really well. But yeah, that I I I, I don't know how I feel about Michael J. Fox in general since this is all I remember him from. But I really liked him. Yeah, he, in the, he in the is, movie. He is not playing Marty in the animated series. No, this is this is played by uh, David Kaufman, also known as Danny Fenton. Danny Phantom, whom when whom was just fourteen when his, <laughs> when Doc Brown built a very strange time travel machine. Can we talk about Danny Phantom for the episode? <laughs> well, why, why don't we actually just talk about the characters straight off? Okay, like, I, I think this is because I think the best part about Back to the Future, as I've said maybe four or five times now, is the relationship between Doc Brown and Marty, right. which is completely Destroyed. excised. Yeah, they so, don't interact almost at all in this. Right. In, you know, in the movies, we follow Marty. Doc Brown is this mentor figure, and Marty is the one having the adventure, whereas Doc Brown's just facilitating it, rather than... But they also, like, rub off on each other in some ways. Like, uh, Doc Brown kind of shows Marty how to be a little bit more cunning with his his time travel adventures, and uh, Marty kind of teaches doc to be a rebel a little bit Mm -hmm. like specifically i'm thinking of the time when he like was like oh we can't we can't risk the space time continuing and then he just and then marty is like why didn't what about we what about risking the space time continuum and he's like yeah just this once yeah what the hell (laughs) okay (laughs) you know and and that's what's so great about the relationship because it really like it feels real it feels real and it feels like it feels like a natu- it feels like this sort of unnatural symbiosis to- from two outcasts who don't fit in normal society. Yeah. And that's always good and that can like explain this disparity in ages between right. the two. And so compare that relationship to the one in the show and the characters in this show are all distorted by your standard sitcom conventions. So- Sp- specifically yeah, no, no, you're, you're you're right. I was gonna say specifically comedy, but yeah, same. yeah, like Marty is more reckless and juvenile. Claire is more of a nag, and Doc Brown is just sillier. Like he's buffoonish. He he really is. You he's... know, he'll he'll use a wrench to hammer something in, and then hurt his thumb and be like, ah, <laughs> <He'll>, <laughs> you know, classic comedy. Yeah, like really slapstick and dumb, which is not what this should be about. No, like okay, so this is the big parallel I was drawing from. MIB to MIB the series, you kept the serious kind of detective, uh, explorative in certain senses tone of it, and you didn't really lean too hard on comedy because it wasn't welcome. Mm-hmm. Like that, it the com- comedy does not bring out anything in the characters except for maybe Jay, but he got a few laugh lines. It kept the tone but changed the genre. Here they changed the tone. Yeah, yeah, that and, and, and it, it, it the characters just make no sense in a comedy setting. It doesn't recognize that the things that we liked about Back to the Future. Yes, we love a good time travel story, but that's not why it's a classic. If fucking Marty McFly in this seems like red herring. Like he's just <laughs> giggling at other people's misfortune in his own age group. Yeah, the he's whole time. he's your standard wisecracking teenager. This is honestly, I the first episode I watched, 
I was like, who is this guy? Is that Biff? He's just laughing at a, at, at a girl that he knows? Yeah. He, oh, that's Marty McFly, the hero of the movie. He's a huge horn dog, even though he has a girlfriend, first off. He, yeah. And he just, this is weird. He stumbles into trouble. He laughs at his own jokes. It's like they gave a starring role to Roger Klotz. It's... I, I really thought he was the village bully the first time I saw him. Yeah. Not the least of which is because his hair is terrible in the manner of village bullies. <laughs> is that... Is that a common trend That's among important. bullies? That's important to me, Zane. <laughs> you can always tell the good guy in a movie because of his hair. But, like, if you go back to the movies, Marty McFly is... He's got this sort of jokester, cocky attitude, but he's not the wisecracking guy. He's yeah. he's not there for one-liners. He's, he's, he's not taking, there for the puns. He's taking the situation seriously. He's just not taking himself seriously. I, I don't know how to parse that quite pr- pr- precisely. <laughs> all, all I know is that he's not, like, a vehicle for dumb puns in the way that he is in this. And it just, it makes all subtlety within the character in the movie completely evaporate. Mm-hmm. And when you throw away subtlety, I'm not really going to like the character that much. <laughs> uh, how do you and, feel uh, about the uh, bastardization of Doc Brown? As played by Zachary. <laughs> Deep cut. Oh, well, uh, Zachary here. I'm dusting off the old girl. Hello, honey. How are you? <laughs> oh, dear. I'm keeping the uh, bloodline alive, my dear, if you understand what I'm saying. Eh? Isn't she a cutie? <laughs> way back. She goes way back here. Oh, here's an old friend, too. Edgar Poe gave me this. Remember Edgar Poe, the guy who wrote the Get Up Here in the Light Here There, see? And uh, he's a little dusty, too, to tell the truth. <laughs> Whoa! And he's a great old boy, and he's got the bloodline. Speaking of bloodlines, this is a grandpa pa pa pa. Honestly, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah, it's it's vo- he's voiced by Dan Castellaneta at his very drunkest. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, Marty. You've got to understand. <laughs> Dan Cal- Castellaneta. What does he voice? The greatest sitcom character in the world. Right. This should not be a sitcom, so <laughs> it doesn't fucking work. Like this is just bad casting decision, I think. Mm-hmm. This this whole kind of episode is going to be the dangers of film adaptation to a different to a different medium. Yes, it has. The other shoe has fallen. Mm-hmm, the dark side of Men in Black, Men in White, Fem- Women in White. This is Women in White. Is that a song? Women out of white. <laughs> That's a song by Devo, I think. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I- so I'm pretty sure he's not that German in the movies. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like garbling through something. He, he's he's like perpetually on the way to a schnitzel festival. It seems like, but he's also, he's always like distracted from what he's trying to do. He's also missing like any sort of ethics or street smarts that he very clearly had. No, he he uh, he he's just there to kind of facilitate. Uh, sci-fi shit happening yeah like the show is marty and his two, and uh doc brown's two kids yeah I, weirdly and, and in fact it's not even very much about his older son i didn't see him as much it's it's more about daniel boone it's doc brown's worst son <laughs> and marty who makes bad decisions panics and somehow survives or as i like to call this show the adventures of two caricatures and the ways i hate them the animated series <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this this is definitely up there for for one of the least successful shows 
possible, which, I mean, part of that, we, we can owe part of that to the gulf between what it was and what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's also just, like, not that much fun to watch. No, it's it's not a good show. And I thought it would be. I, I kind of enjoyed the first episode, but it it's too samey one after another. I, I just, I wonder if this would have worked a little bit better if we had no prior knowledge of the characters. And no, it wouldn't. Like time travel is it it's so state it's so slapped on to the rest of this plot. It doesn't need to happen. Right. So, yeah, it, it's a pretty rough show. Um, um they do th- However, they do have one great character. And that is the actual Biff. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, I was talking about Biff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Biff too often, but I'm it, glad he's, he's there. He's voiced by Mad Dog Tannen from the third movie. Well, he's voiced by Thomas Wilson who did all of the Biff characters. Did did he do all of them? I think so. You might be right. But the point is, do you know why this this worked? Why? It's because Wilson is a comedian. Oh, really? Like, he knows how to do comedic deliveries, and Biff does comedic deliveries. Mm-hmm. Doc Brown can't do a comedic delivery. That's not what he's there for. No, he's there to scream. Yeah, exactly. And, and make just... awful machines. <laughs> <laughs> just terrible. Like, compared to the time machines, none of his inventions are particularly inspired. <laughs> No, did you, like I mean, did you see? You know, he, he invented, he's living it. He's living off the royalties, you know. He invented a pair of mechanical legs that will pace for him because he's nervous but doesn't want to move. That doesn't. You can't. He's really lacking in theory there. That's not how you get your nervous energy <laughs> he out of the grew way. Giant corn so that he can make giant popcorn. Like, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. This is so credit where credit far is due. Removed from he's like. Because in the movies, he's like, this is going to revolutionize the world and change everything and show everyone who's the boss. I actually don't mind that he's just kind of resting on his laurels after the, all the time travel business. He learned his lesson. You, you know, another kind of uh, thesis for this show is why we'd never stick around after the credits. Mm, absolutely. Because the show just gets really shitty because <laughs> Doc Brown is in retirement. Michael J. Fox turns into a complete asshole. And nobody cares about those kids. I was hoping they were mute. Well, they are pretty major characters, so perhaps we should talk about them. <laughs> should we? I, I didn't even write them down. Well... Do, do you even remember which one is Jules? Jules is the older one, and I know Yeah, because... and you know why? Why? Yeah, because he said you say it in that order. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, clearly they named him that, that first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jules... But it's really just Carlton and Johnny Appleseed. They're serving the roles of, you know, the odd couple... And their and the sibling rivalry sort of thing, you know. Jules is this way too over smart kid. Like he uses these big fancy fake science, fake smart words. Yeah, like a little bit of penny from chalk zone. Oh, it's so much. Just throw numbers in there, throw and, a pie in there, and yeah, Vern. That's good. And Vern is somehow so overcorrecting for that it's hard to deal with like eh, what's up with the science it's stupid and it's like how are you possibly his kid <laughs> i think he's adopted no man it's the opposite of what happened with dexter i think you know i think clara had an affair with mad dog tannin that's oh my god <laughs> if that if this was just like a lifetime drama instead <laughs> a soap opera a, a soap opera what happens to take place in a that would be amazing I would absolutely watch that. Clara, what, of those what have you been doing with that time. Biff guy? No, because like, that's where that's where the, this that's where this environment shines is in tension, mm. right? Like in every single movie, there's a lot of tension, and they really kill it. Yeah, 
But you can't have that here. Um, I think that the, the two kids, they were trying to like get a similar dynamic to Doc Brown and Marty. You know, smart smart and reckless, I guess. Yeah, it, it doesn't come across very well. Kids are just not as interesting as adults, too. Yeah, and they keep, like, relearning that they're brothers and it's okay to, like, not hate each other. Do they? <laughs> yeah, like... How many episodes did you watch? I watched, like, four and uh, then I skipped. Her, I like. I clicked on an episode af- after the first few. I clicked on an episode, and I'm just like jumping around. And like, do I know what's going to happen in this? Yeah, I know what's going to happen in this. I don't need to watch anymore. The gift of foresight. Yeah. Um. There are a couple other characters. Mm-hmm. Um. Which you uh, alluded to already. Uh. Christopher Lloyd in the flesh. Yeah. He he does a Here's little a live action thing. segment at the beginning of the episode and at the end to like teach you a science experiment that's vaguely related to the show he like had to go get his dry cleaning in those 20 minutes why didn't he stick around to voice act the the actual character that's a good point i think he's right there just jump into you know a willy wonka-esque turn you into an animated guy and 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 start playing as doc brown like you're supposed to it must have been an awkward conversation to have with him yeah. <laughs> All right. We've uh, we've done the beginning of the episode and we've done the end of the episode. <laughs> All right. I'm going to leave now. Uh, we, uh, doc, Doc, <laughs> you you have to stop pulling this shit over. You can't over just. Way. It, it's not the same as in Back to the Future, where you just show up at the beginning and the end, and every and Michael J. Fox will take care of the rest. <laughs> you are you are a contributing character. Yeah, that, that I be, like the idea that he just shot his scenes out of order, and they didn't <laughs> tell him the full plot. They just gave him a script at the beginning of the day. I like the idea that he was just like stuck in the bathroom, and they got whoever was on hand in the studio, <laughs> who happened to be Dan Castellaneta. Right. I don't really. I, I was looking around for a reason that he didn't voice the actual car, guy, and I, I guess the only thing I can think of was they wanted someone more comedically inclined. But I think again, they wanted somebody that who was, was used to voice acting. Maybe maybe that as well. Um, In any case, it, it definitely takes a lot away from the character. But you know, so did the shift to comedy. So and um, at the end of the episode, in addition to yeah. him voicing it, we also have performing the experiments. <laughs> Bill Nye, mute mute Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah, why he's not? What, it's like what is happening? I think they were taking a cue from like the Muppets, where one scientist <laughs> talks and the other one like gets stuff. That blown explains up. his googly eyes. Yeah, but like. This was before he was famous. <laughs> was this his kind of? Was this this was, was his he just eating crow? Yeah, he's just take. He's just letting them pimp him. He was just taking it. Just <laughs> I get. I don't. I guess if it was before he got famous, like this might have been just a, a low budget. But, Getting you know, taken down to Doc Brown Town. But but they already had Christopher Lloyd and Dan Castellaneta, so they must have known this guy was a rising star, didn't he? Uh, I'm, did I'm willing to bet that he was the one who came up with the experiments. Oh, yeah, maybe. Bill Nye bums me out somehow. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I just don't really enjoy... You know, like, pe- people are really enamored with him from our generation, but I like I just didn't really enjoy watching him that much. Like, he's kind of fun to look at and listen to, but, like... I'm st- I'm still trying to learn about science from a TV show. Like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. So <laughs> the Bill Nye the Science Guy TV shows were, you know, I thought they did pretty good information. Like I've used clips in my classes before because, oh yeah, you know, it kids like not listening to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they're you know if you're past a certain age, they not that not that engaging. Yeah, I don't know what it is precisely. Maybe I'm just too hard set in my ways where like if I'm learning science, I want to be able to just read a book about it. But if I'm watching entertainment, I just want to turn my brain off. I think you just hit puberty and you stop liking Bill Nye and you start liking Mythbusters. Maybe. Yeah, (laughs) it's a really gateway drug. For for whatever reason, um, I do like Bill Nye. I just, I don't know. Yeah, seems like a good guy. Sort of this weird heroic millennial pantheon that I that I just don't describe ascribe to yeah. in the same way. But uh it was good to see him. That that was a nice little surprise. Yeah. Really, really bizarre. <laughs> it's weird because this is the youngest I've ever seen him. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird it's like It's like when you see somebody's baby recent... pictures and you're like, I can sort of see how you turned into the same Or face like John Stewart's middle age pictures. Yeah, those are <laughs> very peculiar. He uh he he aged pretty good though. Yeah. He did a little Dos Equis guy. I like it. Mm-hmm. Little I'll bit of gray. <laughs> Take off your pants, John. <laughs> Welcome to your next speaking role. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to let you kind of run that through. Tone and genre. Yeah, so like we said, it's a very distinct show because it focuses more on the humor and it also has worse humor. Here's a cool thing. Uh, when when we go back to other shows that had really cornball humor, I'm thinking specifically stuff like He-Man. Mm-hmm. It was funnier because, <laughs> like, it almost seemed like they were doing it on accident. Yeah, this is so forced. Yeah, it's... Neither of them are tongue-in-cheek, but for some reason, just that one's innocence push... Like, these guys should know better, right? Yeah, they they rely on slapstick and funny costumes and wacky misunderstandings. and it, There are rare moments where they make good references to the movie franchise, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah? I remember there was one episode where they were uh, abducting Mad Dog Tannen in, like, some sort of... Hover. They they were using the time machine and covered their faces up with like uh with like alien ghost garb or whatever mm-hmm. and abducted uh Biff and uh, they uh, uh Marty said something to the effect of like uh, he made a Star Wars joke and I'm like oh that was like in the first movie when he was talking about being Darth Vader yeah it was crazy so that was that was uh, that was a nice little bit of continuity yeah they also do liked. little like kind of math and science jokes like um like doc like doc bless brown their heart what <laughs> like bless their heart they try so hard like doc brown is giving a lecture and he's like if i've told you once i've told you 10 to the third times like these sort of unnecessary expansions I, of language that are very occasionally funny to me yeah it, it fits the character okay, but I don't even think that he would say that in the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it's the level of abstraction requires you to overstate your uh, your characteristics. Mm-hmm. So Doc Brown could get away with, like, maybe throwing, a, throwing a, a couple of, like, math science geek jokes into his sentences and not have it really, st- like, stop you cold. Yeah, but when but the kid the does third it... Stuff, or or just when Doc Brown does it in this setting, it just like it just you're focusing so intently on it because that's what's that's what's going on. He's not pacing back and forth. Marty isn't like expressing something in return. It's just yeah, the level of abstraction I think uh, makes makes it a little bit harder to uh, to do that. Yeah, re- really, the only thing it seems like they kept from the movie are the 
like time travel element and the names of the characters. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even time travel. (laughs) Is it only sci-fi movies that tend to get adapted like this? Because we had Men in Black and we had like Star Trek. Yeah, there's like superhero stuff and and that. Um, I don't know. I feel like sci-fi fantasy stuff is generally just a a more profitable fictional thing. That doesn't count. Of course it does. Of course it doesn't. It was two episodes. No, it wasn't. Well, they only released two. Clerks the Animated Series? I watched like six of them. They were pretty bad, but like, (laughs) you know, they were okay. Gold star for effort. Worked worked better than this, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of other adaptations from other genres. Well, I mean, if you're if you're talking about like uh, <laughs> Aaron Brockovich, so, the show, the animated series, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> the uh, I would watch that. Oh, of course. I mean, they already did like Finding Nemo, so that's close enough. Is that okay? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the same character, Ellen, DeGe- Ellen DeGeneres, as transmuted into a fish person, like by like uh, in like a uh, Jeff Goldblum style. Oh, you know what? They do do adaptations. If the uh, of non sci fi and superhero stuff, if the movie itself was also animated, so like Emperor's New Groove, you get Kronk's New Groove and that sort that, of thing. That's a spin off. That's not an adaptation. I wouldn't even call that an adaptation. A- adaptation implies that you're changing something about the source material. Did they do an animated series of the movie adaptation? What? Was, what do you try it? Please. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do what you just said. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, no, but like, I think there's a reason, which is that when, for, for the past however many years, when you're adapting something into a cartoon, well, you're marketing that thing to kids, right? With the, maybe the exception of Star Trek. But if you're marketing it to kids, and Robocop. sci-fi and fantasy is going to appeal a great deal more than slice of life or, yeah. you know, horror. Yeah, that seems right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's just kind of a kind of a thought that I won't mind sticking in the back back drawer, and uh, yeah. Um, what else about this? So uh, show the tone and like I wanted to talk about the general uh, success of the old kooky guy and young rebel mm-hmm. sort of a uh, sort of pairing. It pops up every now and again if you if you look for it. Um, I, I, I watched this, I've been watching Rick and Morty recently, which you should absolutely give a shot because like, it's not for everyone, but it's kind of got the pop culture and frequency of humor that, um, yeah, you were telling that me Archer does. I, I watched an episode of it and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know. I think the first episode didn't really do it for me, but I'm, I'm Was curious. It, what, did you watch the pilot? Yeah. Yeah. It. It's pretty rough at times, but it's it's worth it if you can if you can push through it. Yeah, I think like in, in the manner of this series and of this episode's intro, it just gets very sad and, at times. And Rick you, and Morty is, you know, that that seems like it's a it rolls off the brain. It's a parody of Back to the Future in a ways, right? Because it's even he even called Morty like Marty. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I thought that's why you brought it up because it's nope, clearly a parody of Back to the Future. I really didn't. I'm trying to think it's of a, a much more like, cynical view. Old kooky guy and young outcast pairing, but I, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having trouble. Well, the Men in Black, uh, you know, show kind of works like that, except you know, Kay's not really that a old. A little bit. I, I don't. I don't think that's quite the same thing. 
Well, let's, 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 let's not go back through the archives and try and find no, specific like, things. I'm, I'm, I, I think that's a fair enough. Uh, I want to. I want to see if we can come up with one more touchstone because I want to see if this is a thing. <laughs> you you realize the futility in declaring something to be consistent and then scrambling for examples of it to prove it. That only proves my inability to do so. That doesn't prove that it's not a thing. Uh, so goofy old guy, young outcast. Master Roshi and Goku. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't that, quite like that. Does that count? Uh, 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 all right, maybe you were right. Let's jump, let's jump further. Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob. <laughs> Does that Great. count? I think that counts. I, I'm I'm specifically looking for like kind of an old genius, uh-huh. and and a young, and a young, and a young, and his like young war. Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I like your efforts here. I don't think I'm this good. Is at really this. good. <laughs> um. Oh, that made me think of back uh, of um Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, with Rufus. Also a classic uh, time travel movie. No, Socrates. I I, I want to say that... Oh, Socrates. I want to say that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I want to say that that was also adapt, ad, adapted. Was it? Yeah, you know, I think it was. I think it was. Probably also not great. But see, that's a comedy setting to begin with. Yeah, so I, I, I'm sure they did it better. stuck to it, they could have stuck the landing on that one. Yeah. Um, they do I, have... I think what we're getting at is the biggest problem with this is just its tonal shift and being unaware that doesn't automatically work just because of the format of a 30-minute show. It, and, and, I'll, and I'll lay that to rest now, and we can just kind of go into the rest of the rest of the, right. rest of the cartoon. Um, did you notice uh, uh, sometimes they have random facts during commercial breaks? They almost seem like they have, like... They, they almost seem like they're trying for, like, oh, PSA themes yeah, they're going in the for manner almost, of, like, gadget. Yeah, almost gadget or almost like a where on earth is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, with with uh with what's his face? Yeah. They're they're trying to teach you things, but they're really bad at it. Yeah, it's it's almost an afterthought or just like writing credits for Christopher Lloyd or something. Like there there's just it doesn't really relate to the show. It almost seems like a concession, but... Uh, Can I read you one of the random facts during the commercial breaks? And it will tell you everything you need to know about how they fail at teaching and how they fail at humor. Okay. It just read, and I believe Christopher Lloyd actually voices this part. It says, <clears throat> horses don't have collarbones. That's probably why they don't wear shirts. That makes sense. That's a funny joke. It's it's not. You didn't laugh. It's clearly not. I acknowledge it as funny. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> um, but that happens. B minus. They're they're splitting the focus a bit. They are, and that's why I'm, I'm thinking that maybe it was a concession. But I didn't actually like look through the lore of this show to see if that was the case. Yeah, like this show just kind of very quickly uh, was labeled into not worth my time box. Yeah. In, in the way that I wish I, I didn't have that box, because I, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of things that I could talk about, but it just, I just didn't want to do it. I want to watch Back to the Future, the actual, you know, movies. Yeah. Dude, remember the hoverboard? Sick. And Mayor Goldie Wilson? What if Mayor Goldie Wilson was in this? <laughs> well, they do have um, Dean Strickland, I think. From Strickland Propane? Yep. 
Is there an episode where Marty McFly sells propane and propane accessories and he calls himself Marty McFry? Yep. So, I actually met someone who called himself Marty McFry recently. Really? Yeah, and I'm not going to give anyone the context for that because it's... that That's for me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, another way that I think the, another way that I think this show kind of fuck the dog misses the mark on uh, how on why the original was successful. Mm. Um, when they go into the past, it's not because they messed not because something got messed up and they have to fix it. They yeah. they they go back to fix their own messes. Yes, like it's not time like Time Squad where there's a reason. There's a in the third Dragon Age game. There's this really interesting character Cole, and by and large, I don't love the game. But what's interesting about Cole is that um, he's sort of like this spirit of compassion, and he'll try to make people kind of more. He'll he'll try to be compassionate to people, but he really doesn't understand human interaction, so he'll fuck it up <laughs> and then erase their memories and try to do it again oh, in a no. different way. <laughs> And, like, it doesn't hurt them or anything. He just gets a second shot at trying to cheer him up. <laughs> you say um, it doesn't hurt them. How many times you flashy thing that person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying with you, Jay. You flashy thing me? No. But he, uh, I, I love that. They, they didn't have to make him respond, but he just does. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but you were saying? Uh, the, the, the thing is, you kind of have to make this choice. Well, do you let him comfort these people, or do you, you know, bring him down to human level and have him sort of acknowledge the consequences of his own shortcomings and try to grow from that. Mm-hmm. So, in a way that Marty and the twins are really not trying very hard to uh, accept their fallibility. Oh yeah, like they could they could admit that they're wrong ten minutes earlier in the episode, and we'd have a much more manageable show. Or, and I cannot state this enough, just kill Biff. <laughs> just and because everything is his fault. No, no kill off Biff in every time period and each episode is a different time period where they're trying to not get blamed. This sounds like a Doctor Who... It's a murder mystery. <laughs> murder mystery would absolutely be a good thing for a time travel themed show. Oh yeah. You could go to like different eras and like corroborate evidence throughout the ages. Oh and if you go back to if, if you'd get too close to the actual events then the time traveler will try to kill you so there's like you can't stay too long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you have to not, like, you have a time limit, and if you stay longer, it's inevitable that someone will see and remember you, and it'll fuck up the time. This would be a pretty interesting game, but you could like buy a detective your, game. But you could buy yourself more time by going into the past and setting things up to, like, delay other people later. Now we're back into Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, where he's just like, ah, I gotta remember to throw this garbage can <laughs> on this guy. <laughs> by the way, that is the most obvious yet hilariously awkward use of time travel in I, any... I love that they they jump to that conclusion and then they just milk it for the rest of the movie yeah they're like well why wouldn't this work we just have to remember to come back later but we did it's, <laughs> it's the sort of thing that you can like kind of hand wave once in like a heinlein book that's full of time travel and you can be like Oh, I see. At the at the end, you're like, oh, I see. He set it up that way, and it's a yeah. closed time loop. But well, they, they were clearly just two thirds in the movie. They were... No, they figured out two thirds in the movie, and then just keep exercising that muscle for the rest of the. the why wouldn't it keep working? Of course it would. Yeah, it's funny that it took them that long, but it's even funnier that once they figured that little. Yeah, trick once they figured that out, it didn't in the turn into primer out. or anything. Like they yeah. didn't use it. Yeah. No. Like. It... <laughs> 
Like, they're just uh, like, yeah, now we're in a band. Sick. Now we're in a band. Wild Stallions. Uh, All right. So let's talk about Wild Stallions, by which I mean animation. <laughs> um, which is really the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the the look of this. Everyone's for the most got a part. real bad Cro-Magnon forehead. Uh, I, I thought that Doc Brown looks pretty bad, and, uh, you know, Marty has one of those, like, plastic molded hair from Mattel things that I, I, I really can't stop, like, staring at and getting lost in. Yeah, Doc, Doc Brown's character model I could buy if he acted more like himself, but the, the Marty animation, you lose so much from the live actor, I think. You you do, and part of that is the voice casting, and then part of that is also because he's just a pun robot. <laughs> yeah, it, which is which is unfortunate. I wanted to talk about the intro animation. Oh yeah, me, I, I, I I think I blocked that out of my about, mind. <laughs> let me ask you how you feel about clip show intros. Um, clip shows of things that are actually in the show, or clip shows of just things that could happen. I I think in the show. Um, not a huge fan. Yeah, I, I, I that was my initial thought, and then I thought of the one for Rick and Morty, and it works fantastic because everything's horrifying. Well, it, it fits the tone better as well, but like like this one, really, it, you have this completely fantastical intro, and then you know, Don Knotts on heroin for th- twenty minutes. And, like, that's... <laughs> boo 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 boo. Oh, how are things going today, kids? <laughs> I hate my brother. I hate my brother. Yeah. Ah, they grow up so fast. <laughs> yeah, laugh the, uh, track. It's yeah. It's so. I am glad this didn't have a laugh track. That could have been rough. I just but, love it when people say laugh track. Laugh track is like the inverse of cellar door. It's the worst words in the English language. <laughs> Why is cellar door the best? I don't know. That's just what people say. It's like a poet said that at some point. I, I don't know how this conversation... It is late. Dude, laugh track, laugh track is, like, even worse than, like, you know? It's just, it's just, for some reason, the synthesis of the two things is just so much worse. Feel free to cut that out. I think I'll just bleep the words so I can leave it up to the <laughs> yeah, imagination of the viewers. actually way better. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, but I did want to talk about like the animation, like clip clip show animation intro, because mm-hmm. it it happens it happens in Rick and Morty, and it's really good in it. And I was trying to figure out why, and I have a couple ideas on that. Shoot, I think what can make or break it is one the rate of panel changes, and two the accompanying music. Mm, yeah. And I think the accompanying music here is fine. Like, it almost reminded me of, like, a Live with Louie sort of thing. What, the intro song to this, this yeah. show? For some reason, it just reminded me of it. Well, they used the same intro song from the movie. They used Back in Time by Huey <gasps> Lewis and the News. And the News. Uh, wait, did you say and the Nudes? <laughs> how, have I, how have I not been listening to this uh, Bare Naked Ladies, Huey Lewis and the Nudes. What a Brave New World this is. The, uh... Brave Nude World. I said it. That's a good band name. Mm-hmm. And world is spelled like water world. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's move water on. Water world from that Mario Party game, where it's W-H-I-R-L-E. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
Yeah, of course I meant that. <laughs> um, yeah, so does does the... The problem is I think it was like, it's it's too staccato. Oh yeah, it shifts really quickly. Yeah, and it's just like the, the density of over-the-top sci-fi antics is disproportional with what actually happens in the show. It's misleading is what it is. Yeah. But that's really the only action that's happening in the show. I wouldn't have minded a cut-up of... Uh, Biff getting shit on for maybe 30 <laughs> seconds or so. There, just in different locations. There and, aren't a lot like, of action Rube Goldberg sequences. Goldberg machines set up to make manure fall on him. There aren't a lot of action sequences in the show. Um, no. And when when there is, they they sometimes use the like the main theme from the movie. The I'll cut it in. But usually they just do the classic sitcom incidental music, but... To, to jump into music, um, they do remix the Back to the Future theme to fit a couple different scenarios, mm-hmm. kind of like the Inspector Gadget thing where it would, it would do that, and I'm sure a bunch of other shows that we've talked about where it does that. Uh, the Eternia theme gets remixed occasionally, but uh, <laughs> it, can you jump? Can, you, can we drag Eternia from, from the grave back into this? <laughs> I really want to hear it again. Sure. But, uh, like, so I, th- I think the... the the licensed music from the movie like is pretty good use of it. Yeah, the, again, this is another instance of you had good mu- good music and you just yeah, threw in generic stock stuffs. It, they have good parts, but they threw it under a swamp, and these guys don't have gills. Well, well sticking by that metaphor. Well, well put. Um, so going back and forth between animation and audio, um, of course. The, um, the uh, there's something the I've noticed about older cartoons with their backgrounds. Mm. Um, they have a much stronger disconnect between what the foreground and the background is than newer cartoons do. So it, it's so more like a like it's more like a backdrop in a play than a living environment. Oh, like they just don't have like the parallax scrolling down. Like they don't interact with the environment very much. It just stays the same until they go to somewhere else, and then it stays the same. Like they're acting in front of a like a green screen. Yeah, almost. That's a little bit creepy, actually. I kind of don't like that. I don't know when exactly the time shift was, but I looked at a couple of more modern day cartoons, and and you can really see like they interact a lot more naturally nowadays. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that, but that's really interesting. It, that that's like a thing in games constantly, where like you can judge kind of the merits of its processing power by seeing how the grass bends to like wind effects. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and this this was you know this this was this is a pretty vintage cartoon, so it's not surprising that they didn't work too hard on uh making the environment interactable yeah one day it will look as good as jimmy neutron (laughs) (laughs) uncanny valley zane uncanny valley (laughs) um but there you know there are weird looking backgrounds and objects in this show mostly doc brown's inventions and him and i don't think he looks very good he's he's pretty gross looking (laughs) like his face is jagged like he's dislocated his skull in a few places yeah yeah he's he's got lumpy face and his invention suffering a lumpy face and his inventions just look like giant mcdonald's play places like there's you know it's just a bunch of colorful tubes that wind around you know what would be interesting is if uh they if doc brown and marty just got kind of thrown into a different like world like a different universe somehow and just kind of had to MacGyver their way across the stars. You've just like, invented, not even do um, time travel. You've just invented sliders. I know. I, I was trying to. <laughs> it's a really good show. It's a good show. <laughs> when, when, are, do that. when are they going to get an animated series? 
Or just Quantum Leap with Marty McFly. Like, that character can hold his own. I don't want to make it seem as though these characters are bad. No, they're fantastic. <laughs> and and they Doc just Brown. didn't fit in the show. And Doc Brown just gives him, like, advice from the celestial yeah, palace in his mind. Yeah, he just flies in like, uh, like that owl from <laughs> Ocarina of Time and oh. just asks Marty McFly if he understood all that. <laughs> do, you, do you want a recap? Yes. yes. No! Damn it! <laughs> I don't. Um, I'm getting my boomerang out. <laughs> Yeah. I guess what we're trying to say here this is that not a good show. Ocarina of Time was a great game. <laughs> right. And I think it's going to shine in the years to come. Um, Moving back into the audio. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dialogue. The dialogue. <laughs> so they, um... Propane and propane <laughs> accessories. Do you want to watch King of the Hill, Ben? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the post office. Um, We will eventually. It's not on the roster for a little bit, though. They, um, like, like we were saying with the difference in humor and how they make really bad jokes, they'll frequently end sentences with an incorrectly pronounced word and then catch themselves and then pronounce it correctly. It just eats up time. You, you got to give me, like, an example of that. So, uh... I can't it, figure out what you're talking like about. Like, you're talking about baby names, and they're like, we could name him after Galileo and call him Leo for short. I mean, Leo. Like... <laughs> that That's kind of weird, but, like... I, I don't it's know. It's not a joke. Does does that happen a lot? Oh, all the time. <laughs> they also use modern slang with historical people. You know, that's another thing that I forgot to mention is that Marty completely loses the whoa, it's so trippy, heavy. Yeah, but he, the the historical people react like they just misheard him. So like he'll Marty will call a guy like Doctor Doolittle like as an insult, and the guy will be like, actually, I've done a lot today. Like, this is the caliber Dude. of joke we're getting. No, he, Zane, you're ab- Zane is absolutely right. Like, <laughs> this is... It, man. Yeah, I, I, do you think it's just, like, the writers were bad, or just... I think so. the characters? I think, I think they put themselves into an inherently limiting show, and they did their best. I don't even know if they did their best, but I think the limitations of that transfer are really what we're getting at. Yeah. And, and we've been getting at it, and it's not like a secret. It's like, we don't think this show is adapted very well. We we all know the score. We're just kind of giving you guys corroborating evidence at this point. There's a lot of evidence. It's all over the place, which is why we didn't feel the need to de- dig very far. In Watch an show. episode and see if you can debunk anything we've said. Zane, what about this show do you think you liked, if any? Um. Well, I like the... Um... I like how the random extras in history all have outrageous accents. <laughs> like, remember how um, in, like, Dave the Barbarian, random villagers would just have really out of place and wild stuff? Uh, mm-hmm. th- that's the same sort of thing. Um, yeah. I liked the I action like sequences. I thought they did really good stuff, like a, like a chariot race. That looked pretty good. Yeah, um, I didn't see the chariot race, and I honestly don't think this show kind of belongs in the action sequence either, which is why the intro is a little bit too epileptic for me. I like the action a bit better than the humor, but I think it's just better suited to the show. But it, it's that, that's not what the movies are about. Ugh, we're going in circles here. Yeah, what, what did you like? I, I liked Biff. I, I thought <laughs> Biff was pretty strong. <laughs> Biff Tannicus. Uh, you know... I think Marty even says, like, is there a tan in every century? <laughs> like, it's just a bloodline composed of assholes. <laughs> no, like, 
it, they get they they're survivors. Whatever their shortcomings, they know how to they know how to survive and how to swindle. Hey, audience, guess what the alternative intro that we were gonna do was, and then we opted for that other awful one. We were <laughs> Wait, thinking well, of them plotting to go back in time and just murder Biff because <laughs> that was a good idea. Yep, Granny Biff, here's some prophylactics. You're welcome. History will thank you. Grammy. Yeah, Grammy Biff. Like, she's already a grandmother and you're giving her prophylactics. <laughs> they started real they started real old. Uh, you know, they, they, the time wasn't quite right for a while. But you really have to wait until you meet the one. Biff really is in every time period. Like, you could go back to, like, the primordial ooze and it would pop Who's... and it would make a Biff sound. You know how, like, the anthropic principle says that there are certain elements of the universe, certain fundamental constants that are necessary for us to form such that we can even see those constants. Mm-hmm. The existence of Biff is one in this universe. Biff is one of these... Biff, the, the, the universe doesn't make sense without him. I am comfortable putting Biff in our pantheon as this, like, <laughs> nature spirit. Like, <laughs> he, he's, he's definitely a force of nature. He's but, just this primordial being. You know, some nature is essence. like, you know... Poisonous wasps. It's not all good. <laughs> One of my big pet peeves is when people see organic and they're like, oh, bam, good for me. Good stuff. No, death caps. That's a mushroom. Focus. <laughs> it's called death caps. Death caps for cutie. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a pet peeve of mine, though. Like, I don't know. We're, we're floundering a bit. Zane, do you have anything else to say about this show? Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's over. Yeah, I'm. It can't I'm sorry hurt to put you, you anymore. That. I'm sorry I put you through that, but I think it's it's interesting a, you know, to kind of I, have this failure counterpoint to MIB and the success of that. I think that if I had, no, you know what? I I, I don't think I could have had the show redeem itself for me. It, it would uh, it would have had to do a lot of things different, or just like the big thing that we've been talking about different and. As you've said, in many circumstances, it would have been a different show. I think I, I would have liked it more when I was younger, probably. Yeah, you don't have to focus as hard. <laughs> Bill Nye shows up at the end, so that's good. Yeah, good good for and, him. You know, a lot of stupid puns. Now I'm kind of wondering what a... Oh, another one. Karate karate Kid. Oh, yeah. Old kooky guy, young... Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's sort of like... But it's not. That's more of a mentorship. This isn't really a mentorship. This is just like an odd friendship. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting pairing that I want to think about more, but not within the context of the animated show. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, yeah, that, that'll do it for Back to the Future, the series. And uh, Zane, what are we doing next? Well, next time, you get to hate me. I never need a reason, but I'm always happy to have one. <laughs> um, we will be watching Adventures from the Book of Virtues, which I know you're not looking forward to. Nope. But I want you to give it a chance. I don't think it will be worse than this. Whoa, Doc. This is heavy. <laughs> this Bible is heavy. Yeah. It's not biblical. Well, it some should of be it interesting. Are you sure? Uh, some of it's. The Book of Virtues? Well, some of it's based on Bible stuff, but some of it's based on, like, other mythologies. Like Greek myths? Like, the first episode's, like, how the camel got its hump. And it's, like. Oh. It's more like Aesop's fables than anything. Ooh, I like Aesop's fables. Yeah, I so... like Grimm's fairy tales better, though, because they're ruthless. So. <laughs> And all the messages are like, some kids did some stuff their parents told them not to, and now they're dead. 
Listen to your no, parents, that's, kids. That's sometimes the message. I remember there was like with this one that I love absolutely, which is there's this uh, there's this, and I'm just filling time here, but I think this is very funny. Is uh, there's this cat and mouse whom are kind of like roommates, sort of, and they're like, okay, let's pool our funds. We're gonna buy a pot of fat to eat during the winter so that we don't starve. Let's do it, and they pool their funds. And at the beginning of the winter, uh, they both see that hey, some of the some of the fat's been taken off the top, and it's because the cat ate it. But he doesn't say anything. He does it again later on in the winter. Half of it's gone. He's like, oh my god, half of it's off. What happened? Near the end, all of it's gone. And the mouse is like, you fucking ate all of the fat, you piece of shit. And the and the cat is like, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna eat you too. And then the mouse doesn't shut up, and the cat eats him. The end. I love that story. Isn't it great? It's like Job. Yeah. Nothing's resolved. Nothing's proven. <laughs> the world is horrible. I think my favorite part is how they just ate a bucket of fat all winter. <laughs> That's what you need <laughs> to survive. Think about bears. Um, now you're thinking about bears. That's a thinker. That's a real thinker. I think um, these ones are going to be a bit more child friendly. Mm. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and uh, you know, all I ask is you go into it with an open mind and not mind how much they belabor the point because I I think they will. Oh, they're gonna do like a like a Franklin or Arthur thing? Maybe is it like a PBS sort of deal? It's more like well, we'll get into it. it, it yeah, it's more like they just um. Like, even after the person should have learned the lesson, they need to keep learning the lesson. Repetition is important. Think about Blue's Clues, right? Yeah. Or no, Teletubbies. That's the one. Both. That's the two. Um, what will we be watching after that to, to bring us out of our slump? Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> Take that, Zane. Shots fired. Let me tell you about Biker Mice from Mars. Return Ace. I don't think I ever watched it. But we got the video game once, and it didn't work. Biker Mice from Mars. I'm glad you did that instead of, like... Biker? But Ugly Martians, which has a similar syntax to it. Uh, I don't remember that. I remember But Fugly Martians. <laughs> Pug Fugly Bar- Martians. <laughs> Never Ugly Ugly. So, yeah, right. Biker... Uh, biker Mice from... <laughs> oh, but you couldn't have picked, like... Cat no. Squad or whatever that other show was that's the same Cat thing Squad. but with cats. It's supposed to be better. Mm, Thundercats? No, it was like a Cat Squad. Or like Space Cats. <laughs> I don't think this exists. I guess my real question is why did you pick Biker Mice from Mars? I don't know. <laughs> Biker Mice from Mars, man. <laughs> You're the worst. Man, why are we doing any of this? So, if you like you know, positive moral values. The or, Libyans! Or you like... Da, na, na, biker Mice from Mars. Da, na, na, da, da, da. I'm trying to like do the outro before you're done talking. Um, <laughs> like us on Facebook. Leave us a comment or a review on iTunes. Yeah, and tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about Biker Mice from Mars. And for the love of God, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, the TV series, it, please don't. If you haven't seen and the movies, seen please the movies, do. You need to. We're going to be talking about him next time. For the love of Biff. For the love of Biff. <laughs> For the love of tennis and Biff, respectively. A lot of love in our hearts. Where we were going, we didn't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, please take care of Doc Brown. <laughs> <laughs> he, he needs our help. <laughs>
<laughs> I am totally depressed that Circle K does not sell antique Chinese vases. I mean, they have everything else. For sure. Twelve different flavors of Super Freeze. Yeah, the cherry avocado banana is most outstanding. My question now is, where can we go to find an antique Chinese vase? Antique China!